it's honestly kind of nice though because people are always like my parents are always trying to talk to me and i feel like kind of rude if i have both in so it's kind of transparency nice. mode bro <laughs> no that gives me a headache because like like if there's no music really? playing it's gives i don't know just kind of irritates me Speaking like, of the uh, AirPods, I'm going to be ranking the students <laughs> today. So we did this at first, right before the playoffs last year. So although it was less than a calendar year ago, it was about one NBA season ago. So I thought we would return. I think this was the first pod I was ever on. I, yeah, I think that's correct. Was um, it? Yeah, this so is I don't know if you guys kept... I don't know if you guys kept the list at all. I know I still have mine, but I, I didn't look at it because I didn't want it to inform my decision-making process this time. But I thought we'd reevaluate the position. Oh. Um, the way I did it was I broke it down into tiers. So I have nine tiers because really once you get past like the top 15 guys, it's all kind of eye of the beholder and like different circumstances will call for different players. And so like there's no sense in like – making a distinction between say like the 72nd and the 73rd best shooting guard in the NBA. So really I thought tiers served um, a better purpose, but I did rank the top 15 guys and I did do a soft ranking after that, which we can get into, but um, yeah, we can all kind of go through our criteria. I was telling Kellen the way I like to think about it is if there were a season starting tomorrow with a full 82 games and playoffs, which guy would I want on my team? And when I say team, I'm not like thinking of any particular players because um, one of the biggest things I think about, especially for shooting guard is which player do I think can fit in the like widest variety of circumstances and widest variety of play styles. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I chose to go with this. Um, Do either of you two have any distinctions you want to make before we get started? No. Um, it up. No, I think that's a good way to sum it up. And um, just going back to the tiers, which I um, briefly touched upon, the purpose of tiers is kind of like if I rank two guys in like tier three, for example, I wouldn't really have any argument against somebody ranking one person in tier three above another person from tier three. But say if somebody wanted to put a guy from tier four above a tier three guy, like that's kind of where I might start to disagree. So that's kind of the purpose of tiers is just to kind of create that um, demarcation between the groups of players. So I guess without further ado, I'll get into my first tier. And my first tier is just one player. And it's the same guy who's been at the top of this position for the better part of the last decade. And that's James Harden. Yeah. Yes, sir. The beard. Yeah. But kind of man. I'm just kidding. He's he's a big guy, bro. James Harden, there's really no debate about this because when you think about like all the aspects of offense, like he he's pretty much better than everybody on this list at everything. Like he's probably the best score on this list. He's certainly the best pass on this list. He rebounds about as well as anybody on this list. He's just kind of dominated the shooting guard position for quite some time now. And that's like the reason he's in a tier all by himself. Yeah. Exactly. But looking at this, did you type all these out or did you get them from a thing? No, I typed them out. Oh, interesting. Because I find a little I found a little section in your list that all you need is these four players. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I did it by team. Sorry. <laughs> so my ne- are you guys ready to move off of Harden? Oh, yeah. We're, I, I hate James Harden. Okay, so no, dude, I love James Harden, bro. I used to not like him, but I love him since he's been to Brooklyn, bro. I have so much respect he, for him, bro. He's MVP, yeah. No, I don't think so. Who's MVP? Not with, his, not with his newfound injury. Right now, honestly, I'd probably give it to the Joker. Yeah, but Harden, it's just been so cool to see, like not only from Houston to Brooklyn as he completely reimagined his game, but he plays completely differently every single game like just depending on who else is playing for the nets that night which has just been so cool to see he's like honestly one of the most adaptable players in the Mm -hmm. nba he's like a chameleon basically he's such a chameleon bro (laughs) but number two i think you guys might be surprised by this or actually channon might not be surprised 
But my second tier is just one person as well, and that's Devin Booker in a tier by himself. Oh, wow. Okay. D Book. Okay. Damn, okay. What do you so, have? Burkhan Corkmaz. <laughs> just kidding. So, <laughs> probably lower tier. You don't. Yeah. You don't feel like Bradley Beal could sneak into that tier? Yeah. I didn't have Bradley Beal in that tier. Um, I just think both they so I'll go ahead and list all four players in my third tier. Bradley Beal, CJ McCollum, Zach Levine, and Donovan Mitchell. And like Devin Booker, all those guys are predominantly scores, but I just think Booker um has so much more size and physicality of those than those players that it just allows him to score and I think his scoring is just so much more undeniable because he's such a matchup problem because you can't really guard him with guards because he'll overpower them and he's so much quicker than big men that I just think he's he's just a lot harder to stop than those guys because I really think you could scheme around Beal and Beal like he's taking tough shots but he really hasn't been all that efficient this year he's like at league average efficiency he takes more shots than anybody else but I he is on a bad team too and I'm not a big fan of like rewarding players on bad teams, but yeah. So I just think Booker, he's just, they're all scoring guards and they're all elite at scoring, but I just think Booker because of his size, because of his strength and his physicality, um, he's just a little bit harder to stop, especially in a playoff setting than the rest of the guys in this group are. So that's, that's why I put him in a tier of his own. I think that's fair. Yeah. I can rock with that. At the end, are we going to pick like a few guys that we would pick on our team? If we were okay. to start a team? Yeah, we can do that. Oh, let's go. Can yeah, so I, need to make yeah, I think mind. that's fair. I, I I think that's, I like that. And then the next tier is definitely, I would group those guys together as well. Would you have any outside of those four? No, I don't think so. Wait, name them one more time. Bradley Beal, CJ McCollum, Zach Levine, and Donovan Mitchell. No, that that's it. And that's the order that I had them in as well. I think Beal, he just has such a difficult job on the Wizards and he takes maybe him and Damian Lillard probably have the toughest like diet of shots in the NBA. They both take like such an impossibly hard collection of contested pull-up jumpers that even Beal maintaining league average efficiency on those sorts of shots is incredibly impressive and cj mccollum um he is having probably the best shooting season of any player on this in this tier the reason i make the distinction between the best shooting season and the most efficient season is because cj never gets to the line and that's mostly because he's replaced a lot of the two pointers this season with three pointers which he's just knocking down Mm. at an insane rate 40 percent from three so um probably a good trade-off there from cj trading in a couple free throws a game for um better three-point shooting zach levine um he's having a tremendous shooting season as well actually 50 40 almost 90 club for zach levine this year which obviously is very good donovan mitchell he is kind of having of all these guys maybe the most lackluster season he's shooting it worse from three and surprisingly I think people tend to overrate Donovan Mitchell's um, two-point scoring just because of the aesthetic and how athletic he is. People just figure that he should be able to score around the basket. But really, of the four guys in this tier, he is far and away the worst um, at scoring at the cup. And so he just kind of lags behind in pretty much any shooting stat that exists. And that's why he's sixth, because these guys are all scorers. So the fact that he's the least efficient of all the scorers. He tears up the Blazers, though. What's that? I said he tears up the Blazers, though. Yeah, he did. He did have a good game against us both times. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And um, I will say maybe, well, I was going to say maybe he's the best passer. I think him and CJ are probably competing for the best passer of these four players. I think Levine's clearly the worst. Yeah, I think CJ's probably a better passer than Donnie. Yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah. I don't think Donovan Mitchell could run a, run a, court of five like cj can yeah i think i think that's unlikely and the thing about cj too like for all this for all the reasons i just named in terms of just shooting percentages and just stats and all that stuff um even if all those were equal even if mitchell was having as efficient a season as cj was 
Like we've seen CJ on the postseason stage just rip the heart out of the Denver Nuggets on their home court. And so that that has to count for something as well. CJ elevates his game in the most important moments. And that's why I put him at number four. So um, to just to restate, my top six so far has been James Harden, Devin Booker, each in a tier of their own, and then Bradley Beal, CJ McCollum, Zach Levine, and Donovan Mitchell are three, four, five, and six. Would, no, I agree with that completely. Would, would Clay share tier two with D-Book? Well, actually, that's a good segue into tier four. Tier Ooh. four spans my guys ranked <laughs> seven through 11. Slaughtered. And it's Clay Thompson, Marcus Smart, Evan Fournier, Duncan Robinson, and Terry Rozier. Okay. Right, same again. Okay, so Marcus Smart and Clay Thompson are <laughs> the same tier, guy. Oh, he said Clay Thompson first. Yeah, Clay It's the same I, tier. It doesn't Clay matter. They're ranked seven. equally. Marcus Smart, 8, Evan Fournier, 9, Duncan Robinson, 10, and Terry Rozier, 11. I'll say if Clay Thompson was healthy um, and playing the way he was in like 2018, 19, for example, um, he'd probably be ahead of Devin Booker. He'd be second on my list. But not only is he coming off of two major injuries that caused him to miss two consecutive seasons, but he also would have had natural age-related regression anyway because he's in – his thirties now. So he's just he's extremely prime. hard. So he's just a bit of a hard player to predict right now. Honestly, this might be his last season making this list just because I think when he comes back, we'll probably be seeing him play more small forward because he'll probably lose a little yeah. bit of quickness. And so, and he certainly has the size to compete with forward. So I just might think that would be a better fit for him going forward, but I have him at the top of tier four for now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you're like mm-hmm. ranking guys. They're just just because they're in the same tier doesn't mean like they're the same player. No, he's still giving ranks. He was just saying like he understands the argument for like different positionings and ranks. Mm-hmm. Like he wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. But um, I that's a good tier. I think I would probably put Fournier over Marcus Smart. Yeah. I think that's fair because, yeah, Fournier, he's kind of quietly having a great shooting season too. He's 40% from three. He can also kind of get to a shot off the dribble and pass. So he's just a very well-rounded offensive threat. And he's got good positional size, so he can compete on defense. Um, The reason I put Marcus Smart ahead is just because I think he's one of the best, like, guard defenders in the league. Like in the He is, yeah. So I just think having that one super elite skill, I just think that – makes him pretty valuable because the way I kind of classified this tier was like guys who could um, be a huge addition to any starting five in the league, but are also could be like incredible role players on like championship teams. And um, like the prime example of that obviously is Duncan Robinson, who we saw his last year be an insane contributor to a championship team. And so, yeah, yeah, I have no problem with Fournier above it's just kind of eye of the beholder. Like I think some teams would probably value Marcus Smart's insane defense depending yeah, on who they had. We would, and the Blazers so, would. Yeah, absolutely. And then the Celtics are the perfect example of a team that desperately just needed a bit more confidence. Oh yeah, they're on the same team now. I didn't even Yeah, when it, they That's just good. needed oh, a little yeah. bit more shooting, a little bit more passing, and Fournier was the perfect guy for them. And so and yeah. just just as a um just as a little tangent, the fact that they got the number nine shooting guard on this list for just two second round picks, that was such a great trade by Boston to go out and yeah. get California. Definitely. So yeah, my seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven is Clay Thompson, Marcus Smart, Evan Fournier, Duncan Robinson, and Terry Rozier. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Dude, Duncan Robinson is blessed with his size, bro. I was thinking about that because like he's such a shooter bro and he's really like his size makes him like a valuable like defensive asset on guards but if it weren't for that bro it'd be tough i mean it already was tough for him to even like get to the league but yeah Yeah. but if it weren't for his size he'd basically just be like matt thomas so yeah Yeah. no disrespect to matt thomas but they're very different (laughs) no disrespect but disrespect well, so yeah, I'm 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 actually really sad right now. Wait, so is Evan Fournier injured right now? What? I don't believe so. I can check. Did he 
Trying to, it, he's not on the box score for today. So I guess he must be. All right, can I not see his name? Am I tripping? Yeah, I don't see him on the box score from today's game. I saw they took down the oh, yeah. Nuggets. He's oh, he's in health and safety protocols. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good. Yeah, I have I have no worries about him um, bouncing back in health and safety protocols. <laughs> I think he should be okay to stay in this tier. Um, Callan, do you want to just tell everybody where you would put Clay Thompson? Would you put him up with like BL McCollum, Levine, and Mitchell, or would you even higher maybe? Um, I just I didn't realize like really quick. I didn't realize that like James Wiseman tore his meniscus. I yeah, thought I it was just a meniscus injury. That's what I got on my phone. I just looked up James Wiseman right now to check on his injury. I didn't realize he's going to be out for the rest of the season, though. Yeah, so the Warriors might actually, like, creep up and maybe, like, go into the playing Easy tournament with that now, <laughs> I'm just, like, super upset right now because I didn't realize he was that serious. But anyways, that's besides – that's why I was – that's why I said I was super sad because I didn't understand that. But I would – I would like I said, I would probably have Clay up towards, like, with Devin Booker at Tier 2. Yeah. But um, if he comes, if he comes back healthy, um, he will. Um, but is Kavon supposed to just do everything? Kavon and Draymond now. Awesome. Well, I think, th- I mean, just from a on court standpoint this year, I think Channon's right that it'll probably be a lot better for the Warriors. I think it's more moving forward. Like you'd love for Wiseman to kind of get a little bit more experience. So yeah. I think that's where it really sucks. And then um, the thing about Clay Thompson as well is, like, he, um, like I just it's I don't it's gonna be a tough road for him to kind of get back to, like I feel like the margin of error for him in terms of like an All NBA guard is just so narrow because he needs to be that great pull up shooter and that great defender. Because I think the shooting's a given. Like, Clay Thompson, I feel like no matter what, he has an incredible shot and he'll always be an efficient three-point shooter. But um, it's going to be a matter of, like, how good is his defense? How well can he get to, like, those mid-range shots when he gets back? That's going to be kind of the key. It's so crazy because we were talking about this, like, a year ago about him coming back from this. Like, (laughs) I know. And then he gets another one. So now it's like, damn, it's harder. Playing a pickup game? Yeah. So should we get to tier five now? Of course. Who's in tier five? So tier five is another four-player tier. It actually was a three-player tier, but then I had to go in and add somebody yesterday. Wait, do you think you think Duncan Robinson's better than Tyler Hero? Oh, oh no yeah. Yeah. About it. yeah. So tier five is Norman Powell, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Tim Hardaway Jr., and then the latest mover on my list, I had to actually go back and adjust it. But uh, Gary Trent Jr. snuck into Tier 5. Yeah. I mean, heck yeah, dude. Ever since he left the Blazers, become a new guy. Um. Okay. So you said Norman Powell, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Who else? Tim Besides Hardaway. Gary. Tim Hardaway, Hardaway and Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, that's a good list, bro. Tim um, he's okay. Let's see my thoughts on this. Yeah, bro. I mean, I think I feel like those are all pretty even players, actually. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Similar skill sets for yeah. all of them as well. I think Norman Powell, he might be like the most prime for regression out of these guys, just because I don't know if he'll shoot forty three percent from three for much longer. Like yeah. that's kind of kind of an outlier when you look at the rest of his career uh, and his game is so reliant on athleticism. Um, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah but honestly, and, as far as those guys go, bro, like close your eyes and pick one. You're pretty much getting a lot of the same stuff from them. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And then it's just so incredible um, to this point, Gary Trent jr. Is the youngest player on this list at 22 so you imagine he'll, his star is just going to keep ascending. He's definitely a guy to look at to kind of rise on this list, especially because he is, bro. Stuff. He looked aggressive. And then his highlights from his 
was that yesterday? I don't know, yeah. but he looked aggressive in the paint. That was something I was hating on him for, bro, was his confidence in the paint. He looked good. Yeah. He did yeah. look good. I will say, too, he's always had, like, really good touch around the basket just because he's just an incredibly skilled player. Yeah. But it, yeah. it's really just a matter of, like, being able to finish through contact and kind of being able to absorb contact. Yeah, it's really about body control and balance. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, as he kind of gets more aggressive, I think gets more physical, too. Just um, he's not – I think he's not, like, the most athletic guy. And so – just no. being able to learn the little tricks of like getting into like his defender's body and just. Yep. Definitely. Because he kind of like tries to avoid the body, like just by flipping the shot up. Yeah. At least that's what I saw from him a lot. But like you're saying, I think as he learns to use what he has more. If I were him, I would be watching a ton of Joe Ingles film. Cause I think Joe Ingles nice. is one of the best guys in the league at not being super athletic, but being an incredible finisher around the basket just by using like his balance and physicality to like create angles and stuff. So, yeah. And I think Gary, he has insane touch. So if he's honestly able- another guy who's really good at that is CJ McCollum. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, hopefully Gary picked up some stuff from CJ while he was in yeah. Portland. So yeah, I expect Gary will go nowhere, but up this list. So yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that does it for my tier five. Are there any guys that you guys would have included to this point? Um, what about I don't think Karis? So. Karis? Yeah, Karis is going to be in my next tier. Yeah. Yeah, I'd put him a tier under those guys. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can see the argument, but. All right, next tier. All right, my next tier, tier six, actually spans 16 through 30. So now we're kind of getting into the uh, nitty gritty list where um, it really is just eye of the beholder. And these guys all kind of bring different things. And they're not all necessarily starters, but they all have like certain skills. So this is in a soft order, like just in order of my personal preference. But I wouldn't have like any sort of problem with any ordering of these 15 players. So it's Lou Dort making a huge jump up this list. Seth Curry, Jordan Clarkson, Lonzo Ball, who I didn't include as a shooting guard, Colin Sexton, Eric Gordon, Justin Holiday, Contavious Caldwell Pope, DeAnthony Melton, Dante DiVincenzo, Malik Beasley, Karis Levert, Luke Kennard, Tyler Hero, and RJ Barrett. There you go. Those are good players right there. There's a ton. I, I like that you said Lou Dort at the top, bro. He's he's good, dude. Like, he's really good. Yeah, and he's starting to get confidence from three, too. He's shooting a lot more of them. He and shoots it well. Yeah, it's still his percentages aren't anything to write home about, like 33%. But, if but he his just shot keeps, looks good, bro. Yeah, if he keeps putting them up and keeps making at least, like, a third of them like he's doing right now, people are going to at least be forced to guard him out there. And that combined with some of the best defense in the league is just a combination for a really good player. And I've seen him make some impressive plays like offensively at the Ram too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause he's like the opposite of Gary. Like he'll just go yeah. straight through guys and he's yeah. very strong, pretty athletic as well. So yeah, he's yeah, an exciting guy to keep an eye on. He's very strong. In so, is SGA is a point guard, huh? Yeah, I think so. I know, last last year we included him on the shooting guard list because he would play with like Dennis Schroeder and Chris Paul and stuff. But I think this year I, I'd probably consider him a point guard. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think um a player people might be surprised that I have this low is Jordan Clarkson. Like I think people mm-hmm. might be surprised of like Gary Trent to hear above Jordan Clarkson. But I just think Clarkson, he's such a one-dimensional player. And so often it feels as if his offense and his shots are just sort of running cold. And on nights when he's yeah, cold, dude. he's actually kind of a damaging player because he tries to shoot himself. Oh, definitely. What happened? He doesn't have it. It's really like kind of damaging for the Jazz. <laughs> and so that's why I just had him kind of lower. He's kind of a one-trick pony. And when that trick doesn't work. He doesn't really have anything to fall back on. 
Yeah, that's facts, dude. I th- I think that um he's so good and where where he's at right now with the Jazz, but um I think that's a lot of it is situational. I don't I think that if you try to like for example insert him into the starting lineup of just some other team, um I don't think he is nearly as valuable as a, a player basically for the reasons you said. Yeah, he kind of just is a go for the bucket guy and that's pretty much all it is which is big to have off the bench obviously but yeah and and when he's playing well it's like really good and like he like he can score with the guys and like i don't want to say tier three but he can score with like a norman power bogdan bogdanovich like yeah when he's on he's like as good if not better than those guys but he's just a little bit less consistent and he just has a little bit less to the rest of his game than those guys so yeah 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 that's a good assessment are there and i think colin sexton very similar as well like yeah and and colin sexton he's even a little bit more undersized he even runs a little bit colder than clarkson does like sexton um he's still a pretty inefficient player he's not an incredible passer most of the time he doesn't really play that good of defense so although he's like had some very good games this season and he is certainly capable of like heating up. I know we all remember that game. They beat the nets in overtime, but um, yeah, I just don't think Colin Sexton is good enough on a consistent basis to no. be higher than 20 on this list. No, I agree. Are there any other names in this chair that you guys wanted to discuss? Um, I don't think any stand out to me. What about you, Callan? Homie, I no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know, I don't care. Just that cluster, Michael Mulder, Damian Lee, dude. Where's Damian Lee fall on your list? So let's get the tier seven. So that's another good segue. Oh, tier seven actually spanned from players thirty-one to thirty-one to fifty-seven. I'll just bring up. I don't want to read out all twenty-six. Yeah, or yeah, twenty-seven players. I think that might be kind of boring, but I'll read through some of like the more interesting names at 32. I, or like some of the, just the more well-known players, I guess at 32, I had Damian Lee 34. I had the rookie Desmond Bain who I've been very impressed by this year at 36 is a guy who I used to really like, but he's kind of let me down ever since the bubble last year. And that's Dylan Brooks. Um, no. 38 and 39 are two guys who, when I was making this list, I kind of, came to the conclusion that these guys are very underrated, but I had Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen in this tier. At number 40, I had Lou Williams. At 41 is the uh, slumping Victor Oladipo. Uh, <laughs> 43, Buddy Heald. I had Josh Richardson at 45. JJ Redick falls to 52. Wesley Matthews at 56. And then rounding out the tier is uh, Garrison Matthews at 57. But it's really weird, like, just thinking about, like, what you said, like, where Vic Oladipo is and just, like, the way people are acting lately about, like, players like him, like, moving, like, so he goes to Miami. And people are, like, like, but, like, NBA pages are feeding into it and, like, posting all these highlights, like, oh, does this make Miami the favorite and stuff? And it's, like, who do you think this player is, bro? Like, that happened with him, um, Andre Drummond. Yeah. Um, Blake Griffin kind of who Blake Griffin has been good but um, he's not a superstar and people are just and like just thrashing these franchises acting like oh it's oh, it's overpowered now and who else do they need these are really are, are like Victor Oladipo is not a game changer bro no like, and Duncan I Robinson actually, is leaps and bounds more valuable than him and I actually think Victor Oladipo is going to hurt the heat if they choose to play him too much because he's just so thirsty to take the shots that he thinks yeah. will prove to the world that he's the guy he used to be. Oh, no, dude, yes. Players in that situation are dangerous, honestly, because yeah. of that reason. Yeah, and he's shooting 40% from the field on just a inflated 18 attempts per game, which <laughs> that's problematic. He's not really defending nearly as well as he used to. He can't really pass the ball. He's just a very negative player in his current yeah. state, which is sad considering what he used to be. But uh, yeah. I 
I honestly think that 41 is kind of generous. Like I would yeah. take, I would take a bunch of guys below him. Like I would take Furkan Korkmaz over him. I'd take yeah. Mikhayek over him. I'd probably take Wesley Matthews or Garrett Temple. Yeah. Or Kevin Herter. Herter yeah. sucks. You're not a Herter guy? Uh, not really. I mean, he's okay, but he bricks three balls. Is, I don't think his percentages usually- aren't that bad, are they? No, yeah, I just, too- dude, I, I literally base everybody based on how they played against the Warriors. Yeah, he's, <laughs> so- he's, he's a 38% shooter on his career. And he's, oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, so he's not, he's not a brick. No, I, he's, he's a good player. And he's six seven, so he's got good positional size. I think he tries hard on defense. I so he's got good passing. He finds guys. Yeah, and he's yeah. I'd say that's an underrated part of his game too. Um, I mean, like he's. I don't <laughs> think he's starting quality, but I think he's a quality player. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. The, the Hawks are actually really not bad. No, I, I forgot. Well. I forgot Gallo was on their team. Uh, yeah. Gallinari, yeah. But, yeah. Where's Grayson? He's actually been a little better, too. He got off to a very poor start to the season. Mm-hmm. For a second, I thought you were talking about a Langston Galloway because he's <laughs> <been> <laughs> <a little better laughs> here. But, yeah, Danilo Gallinari, he's playing well. Colin, do you want to talk about Damian Lee for a second because he was in this tier? Just a scrapper. Him and Kent Bazemore just come up so clutch with corner three balls and just like they they hit your shot that your your shot that you love right at like I don't even know like right at the top of the three point arc. Money for Damian Damian Lee, dude. And I don't know what it is. They're just ballers. Damian Lee and JTA, Kent Bazemore, they bring a different element to Warrior basketball. I love it. But their corner think- three balls are sick. And they, I think you guys will like this next tier, tier eight. This tier is kind of the last tier where I would classify these guys as, um, as like guys who I think I'm like 80% sure belong on an NBA roster. <laughs> like, I think once you get below these, this tier, like the guys in tier nine, there are players who you could just pick up in free agency or off the waiver wire right now who are just as good as them. Tier eight, I think, brings players who are maybe slightly better than that. And so I'll read through some of like the more well-known names on this list. who will be good for discussion at 58. I add uh, Anthony Edwards, the number one overall pick 59 is Taylor Horton Tucker at 60. I went with Anthony Simons. 61 was Jordan Poole. Uh, Landry Shaman and Bruce Brown are in the section of the list. Michael Mulder, uh, Jalen Noel, Kevin Porter Jr., a newcomer to this list here. Um, I this guy was probably the hardest guy for me to rank, but I actually am a kind of a fan of his. Uh, John Conchar is here, as is Tyrese Maxey, and the list rounds out at number or this tier rounds out at seventy third rather with Damian Dotson. Hey, don't be hating on Jordan Poole. Man's just dropped another twenty piece last night. Yeah, so that's an interesting one because I actually think um. I actually think of Jordan Poole and Anthony Simons as like somewhat similar players just because they're both kind of shooting guards who create their value by hitting like pull-up shots off the dribble. Like obviously I know both of their games are kind of um, are at least trying to include other skills, but that's kind of like the bread and butter of their games. And I think for a guy who's trying to make his living as a shooter, like Jordan Poole, he's just not quite good enough at that yet. And Anthony Simons, shoots like a much better percentage than Jordan Poole does. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of the reason I add Simons ahead of him. Yeah, Jordan Poole, yeah. 8 of 11, 3 for 5 last night from beyond the arc. Uh, here, I'll pull up Poole's stats. On- oh, you're going to bring up from things things from the past. N- well, no, just this- only- so, so he had this- he had 21 points against the Rockets. He didn't score anything against the freaking Wizards. Against the Bucks, he had 10. Yeah, and this season he's shooting 36% from beyond the arc. And granted, that is better than the 28% he shot last year. I mean, obviously (laughs) that does count towards my evaluation of him. But I I am acknowledging the fact that he is improving, especially ever since he came back from the G League bubble. But it's just, he's just not quite good enough yet. And um, the thing for me is 
Yeah. I'm just happy he's playing good in games that are actually meaning something because a lot of the times he would get in warriors are up by 30 or 25 and he's just hitting three balls that mean nothing, but he's actually hitting shots that are contributing to us winning in sustaining a lead, which is good. And he's not afraid to do things. Plus he's finishing really well and he is passing. I don't know, but he has a lot of options too, especially with Steph on the court. But I mean, I don't know. I just think he's good, and he's only 21. You can't write him where, off yet. Where, who would you put him with on this list? Like, would he be up there with Damian Lee for you? At times, he's almost better than Damian Lee because Damian Lee, I mean, his scoring, it's tough to say. Damian Lee, because him and Ken, like I said, him and Ken Bazemore, they get rebounds and they're good on defense. But if I had to count on somebody to hit a that's tough, actually, because D is pretty clutch at threes, but he doesn't have a high um volume. Like he won't shoot as much as Jordan Poole. Like if I was to count on somebody to bring us back in a game, I would rely obviously more on Jordan Poole too than D Lee. But I don't, that put, does that doesn't necessarily make him a better player than Damian Lee. Would you put Jordan Poole up with like Luke Kennard or Tyler Hero? No. That's not fair to say, obviously, because Tyler Heroes had way more success than um, Jordan Poole has in the NBA, obviously. I'm just saying from last year, you can't make a basket to actually hitting clutch three balls. is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Last year, he wouldn't have been ranked above the likes of like Landry Shamit or um, Etwan Moore or Denzel Valentine or Damian Dotson. So he has made some strides. Shannon, do do you have any thoughts about players in this tier? Who was there? Was someone? Oh, the THT. Um, seen some hype about him, but I haven't really understood it. Like, yeah. I get that he's kind of looked solid at times, but you can say that about any player, any of the players in this area. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people are kind of talking about it like the Lakers like got some kind of jam with him. Yeah, I don't think, and that's I'm not really crazy. sure if that's what I see. He has it's it's interesting. He shows like flashes of really kind of interesting instincts where he makes like a good pass or a really good cut. Like he seems to understand the game well, which I think is good. And he has a crazy wingspan. I forget what it was, but it's like seven foot or seven one. And oh, yeah. he defends pretty well. Like I think he's maybe a little slower than you'd like from a shooting guard, which I think is kind of a bigger deal than people realize. And then also like at the end of the day. He's just got to shoot better than he has from three. Like I think he's shooting 29% from three. And if that continues, people just aren't going to guard him. And if that's the case, I mean, if that's the case, it's just kind of game over for him. So he just um, like, yeah, I I think he does probably have some potential, but he just has way too many holes in his game and what he does. Well, he's not really good enough at that yet to like justify him moving up out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, that's my boy. I like him. He can he can rise up this list for sure because he's definitely shown flashes. But if if we just look at um, his whole body of work, I just uh, (laughs) he's been extremely inefficient. Even in this these past couple of months where he's started to kind of put it together, it still has not looked tremendously good just to bring up his shooting numbers for a bit um he's shooting 31 percent from three he takes a lot of long mid-rangers he's 22 of 88 on long mid-rangers from floater range he's 33 of 107 at the rim he's in the 28th percentile of shooting he's he's only um dear goodness bro that's horrible yeah he's only goodness He's only shooting 57% at the rim, which is really disappointing for a guy of his size and athleticism. So he definitely, has yeah. a, like he, I, I think he's hopefully going to move up this list. I wouldn't be shocked at all, but this season it has been a slow start for him. Just like efficiency wise. Yeah. He definitely takes questionable shots. Yeah. And the passing is coming along too, but the passing, the defense, like neither of those two things are above like average for shooting guards. And so combine that with his incredibly bad shot selection, poor shooting to this point, and he just hasn't been a very good player. So that's why he's down here with like Anthony Simons and Jordan Poole. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Dear goodness. 
So let's move to tier nine. These are the guys who are really just like borderline NBA players. Um, borderline, I probably deserve their roster spot. This tier went from 74 to 89. And these are the last guys on my list. So just some names from this selection of names. Tyler Johnson, Kyle Guy, Rodney McGruder, Aaron Neesmith, the rookie, is in here. I still believe in him, as I do in Josh Green and Isaac Okoro, who are both on this section. Uh, Avery Bradley, um, even though he claims that Damn. he can do what he does on defense, he's been out there. <laughs> Disappointing season. Ty Jerome's in here. Sam Merrill, um, Maioni, and the list rounds out at number eighty-nine with Romeo Langford of the uh, Boston Celtics. I don't know any bums. Yeah, I remember Tyler Johnson had he had a good year with like Miami or something, didn't he? Yeah, he actually got paid like a lot of money yeah. back in. I think it was. 2016 or 17 one of those off seasons and he has not lived up to it since he's actually shooting the ball pretty well in in um brooklyn actually that's something i want to touch on too i had a hard time rating the brooklyn guys like bruce brown tyler johnson they're both having very good seasons but how well would they be playing if they weren't surrounded by three of the best offensive players of all time i think is a real question and so yeah that's true because Bruce Brown in particular, like he's been very effective. Almost at times they've used him as like a forward or a center because he's physical. He defends well. He rebounds exceptionally well for a guard, but he's terrible at shooting and he can't really create his own shot. So if you weren't playing with elite, elite offensive talent, I don't think he'd find very much success. And so that's the reason why he's um, further down this list than what his numbers from this year would sort of indicate. Yeah, makes sense. I would love to play on the Brooklyn Nets, bro. Yeah, definitely. That would be a fun team to just be a role player on. Yeah. You guys want to move into some big picture thoughts? Yes. All right. Um, should we answer Callan's question? If we had to pick like two or three of these guys to be on our team, who would we choose? Yeah. So like, is this like on the team we support or just like on we're building a team? Building a team, right? Okay. We should do like someone at like the top and then like a, or like maybe develop. like develop. Yeah, yeah. Like some yeah. mid pack guys. I agree. Cause it's, I, I don't think we should do just James Harden, Devin Booker, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he wants, he wants to go first. Okay. My star, if I'm taking a star, I think I'm taking Devin Booker, honestly. Nice. Just because, um, dude, I love James Harden, bro. But he really just – he it feels like he doesn't want to play defense at all so much, bro. Like, I just, like, see him just, like – and he has such a good body for defense, bro. But De- yeah. Devin Booker's defense this year is so improved, and that's one of the oh, yeah. I'm really excited. Like, when you watched him in that Jazz game, like, he's super engaged. And, like, this team, yes, that's, the Suns defense that's been switching a lot has been so good for him. Like – I don't think his de- I don't think of his defense as a problem anymore, which I did either. Early. And that's what we talked about. Maybe even on the last time we did this, yeah. um, was his defense. And we talked about how he has defensive potential because yeah. of his strength and like size. Yeah, I I remember that. I I um yeah, I remember us talking about that. So yeah. it'll, it'll I think this postseason is going to be just a huge like kind of fork in the road for Devin Booker's career but I'm really expecting nothing but great things. I know this is beating yeah. this dead horse a million times on this podcast, but Devin Booker's built for the playoffs. So it's yeah. going to be fascinating to see how he does. So I think that's a great pick. Um, Mid-pack? I like Lou Dort. I think having yeah. a defensive guard is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's a good pick. Uh, I was going to say that, but I'll pick something else now. You can take him, bro. I know you mess with him. I do. I freaking love him. I'll pick three of that, then. I'll go, uh, obviously, Lou Dort, but I'd definitely go Gary Trent, too. And then I would have to go with the man, the 31-year-old legend, best, <laughs> second best shooter in the game, Clay with a K. There you go. Clay Thompson. That's nice. Clay Thompson, Gary Trent. 
or slash Lou Dort. I don't know. Like they're kind of nice. I like Jordan Clarkson too, though. I don't know. I can't make up a mind. There's too many good players. So my three guys would be, I don't really believe in building a team around a elite shooting guard. If I did, Devin Booker would be my choice, as Cannon has said. But I kind of just prefer taking a 3 and D guy to be my starting shooting guard. So I'll go with Gary Trent Jr. I like having a guy who can just provide like microwave scoring off the bench and just kind of create his own shot and maybe preferably create shots for others. And that's why I'll go with Tyler Hero just solely based on like the flashes of passing we've seen throughout his career. Like if that's real, I think he's, he'd be a great guy to just bring off the bench and kind of run your offense for a little bit. Cause I think he's sort of developing into that skill set. even though this season's been a bit disappointing in my opinion. And as the third guy, I'll go with Pat Connaughton just because getting that aggression, getting that kind of athleticism and intensity and energy off the bench I think he's a really solid defender. So I just think that would be a nice little bolt of excitement coming off the bench. And now that he's shooting above league average this year, I think he's a 38% shooter. I think that's um, what he's shooting from deep this year. I just think that's a very solid piece off the bench. So my three guys are Gary Trent Jr., Tyler Hero, and Pat Connaughton. Uh, I I forgot to pick a bottom of the Pat guy. I think I would actually go with Grayson Allen, who I have kind of always hated, but he's impressed me at times. brings a similar energy to Pat, I think. I think this is kind of cliche just because he's a white guy, but he's like a smart player too. Like he he knows when to shoot or pass or drive to the basket on offense. Like he just – he doesn't really make mistakes when he's playing, which is a very good thing for just kind of – Well, he – did he play four years in college? I think – yeah, I think you're right. And I think another big thing – was A, just playing for Mike Krzyzewski, who's arguably yeah. the best coach in basketball, and then B, being the point guard on Duke. He just got a lot yeah. of experience just, like, Dude, running off. Dana Altman, and, bro. What are you like, talking about? Yeah. Making so, good decisions, yeah. Yeah, I think Grayson Allen is a great pick. Um, Memphis, they've got a pretty good selection of shooting guards between D'Anthony Melton and Grayson Allen. Even though he's let me down recently, I still like Dylan Brooks quite a bit. I think John Conchar is kind of an up-and-comer. Desmond Bain has been elite as a rookie. So that's a pretty good stable. Like, Memphis does such a good job drafting. Like, it's – yeah, they might be the best drafting team in the NBA right now. Yeah. All right, Shannon, if you have a few more minutes, do you want to just do a couple of quick hitting questions? Yeah, let's do it. Um, who have been like the biggest risers for you guys up your list since the time we did this last year? Um, oh, who is it? Um, obviously, Gary Trent has mm-hmm. taken a step up. Yeah, that's one of my answers, too. Um, I don't think I would have put Devin Booker um, in a tier of his own before this season. Damn. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. His jump has been kind of small, but it's a very meaningful jump. Yeah. So. He's, yeah, I agree. He separated himself from the tier under him, and I don't think that was the case before. Anthony's definitely better, too. Uh, I, I think I put Anthony at a pretty similar spot last year. You think? Honestly? Because I don't remember him doing anything last year. I he's kind of doing the same. Yeah, I don't really? think he's doing much more this year. Hmm. Like he's he's shoot he's kind of like Jordan Poole. He's shooting the ball a little bit better, but yeah. that's like the bare minimum he needs to do to kind of scrape by as an NBA player. So yeah. Mm. Oh, do we talk about um? What's his name? Kevin Porter Jr. That is it. Yeah, I I had him way down on my list at sixty. Yeah, but, that's fair. But he's had some impressive games, bro. Yeah, I I just don't trust him yet. Uh, sadly, yeah. he's had such kind of a star-crossed career in the NBA that I just I I can't really buy into him until we've seen it for at least a couple months. You know. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because I I agree. I was especially in Cleveland last year. I was like fascinated by his potential because he has good size and he's got such a nice handle and can create his own shots off the dribble. And he was actually shooting well. And so I was very intrigued by what he could become. And then it's been like nothing but bad stuff for him since then. So hopefully he starts to turn it around. 
For me, some of my risers, you mentioned Gary Trent Jr. That's a big one. Lou Dort, I don't even think I would have had him on my list last year at this time. Um, yeah. He was yep. still on a two-way contract, I bet, last time we did this list. So Damn. Lou Dort is a massive one. Uh, Terry Rozier. I wasn't a big Terry Rozier fan last year. Yeah, and that's a good one. Then the big one for me, and this isn't the case for you guys, because I remember both of you guys liked this guy quite a bit last year, and I was the odd man out. But Zach Levine. Oh, yeah. And um, <laughs> you, you might think this is the part of the podcast where I admit I was wrong about him last year. But no, I, I, I stand by my Zach Levine <laughs> takes from last year. I just think he's improved so much this year. Like, I had no spoilers, but I think when we get to like our awards um, podcast and stuff, don't be surprised if I'm taking Zach Levine as the most improved player because he has definitely, yeah. Yeah, um, here, just for the heck of it, I'm going to pull up his stats really quick so we can look at how yeah. he's progressed this year. Three-point shooting um, is up from 38% to 42%. Two-point percentage is up from 49% to 57%. Field goal percentage up from 45 to 50%. Free throw percentage up from 80% to 50%. Effective field goal percentage from 52% to almost 60%. Like he's just become such an efficient player this year. Yeah. And then assists have gone up slightly as well. Although turnovers have gone up a bit too. So kind of just. No, he's. Yeah. Definitely taking a big step forward. Yeah. Like, because I I think your thing you were like hating on him for was efficiency and like consistency and stuff. Yeah. And. Maybe I wasn't giving him quite as much credit as he deserved last year. I think that could be fair to say, but I think I've I think I've um, made up for my um, my negative viewpoint on him last year because yeah, I have him in his, in the tier with Beal, McCollum, Mitchell. Like that's a pretty good company. I think yeah. of all those players, he's the least well rounded. But as we previously discussed, he's shooting a little bit better than any of those guys are. So I just think it kind of balances yeah. out. They're all kind of scoring guards and he's scoring better than any of them. So, yeah. yeah. Biggest fallers on the list. I had four in my mind. Um, Oladipo is, I was kind of yeah. pessimistic about Oladipo, but I was kind of scared to rate him too low just because I knew like the potentially app, but this year has kind of reaffirmed all the pessimism yeah. thoughts I had about him. Lou Williams has continued to kind of fall off and um, JJ Redick is a big one too. I, oh, yeah. I, I used to be a JJ Redick fan, but he's really kind of done nothing this year. Um, yeah. Screw you, Jonah. What? Remember you were like, Oh, I think JJ Redick helps the Warriors much more than Kelly Oubre. And you like went off on me and your face well, got red and stuff. And you went off on me. I was like, homie, I, Come on, I man. still think that I, I don't, I don't know. think that's a bad take. Yeah. I, cause I think it's, at, I don't think at it's, the time the Warriors were like top 10 in offense and then bought or top 10 in defense and bottom 10 in offense. And so, and at the time they also had Wanamaker and Bazemore who easily slots into what Kelly Oubre was already giving them. So that's not to say that, um, Kelly Oubre is a worse player than Redick. Like if I were doing that trade as the Warriors, I would certainly like ask for at least a second round pick from the Pelicans yeah. to make it happen. But I, I, I think like, I think there's a case to be made that that could be helpful, I don't know. but I think there's merit to what you're saying as well. And I think there is a possibility that um, JJ is just kind of washed up at this point. And certainly Oubre has been, Heating uh, up from beyond the arc. Part of oh. what the Warriors are doing this season. And so I definitely kind of can see where you're coming from. I hope and you resign. Honestly, I probably out. agree with you at this point. If, if this if, if I could just swap Ubre straight up for Reddick, and I think the Warriors would be worse for doing that. So yeah. I, I think I'll take the L on that one. I think <laughs> you're probably right. Um so if we have to predict who we think are gonna be the biggest risers next year if we make this list again. Anthony. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, the best middle linebacker in basketball. I, think, I don't even know. I, I think, think Gary could keep going up. Yeah, Gary could. Lou Dort could, in my opinion. 
Uh, Desmond Bain, if he just keeps shooting the ball he the way he has, I'll be excited about him. Um, I mean, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's the big one either way. Like at this point next year, he could reestablish himself with like the Booker's, Beals, McCollum's of the world, or he could be down with like I don't know, like Tim Hardaway Jr. That wouldn't surprise me either. So I think Clay Thompson has the potential to swing like in either direction on this list. Yeah, fast. I'm just having a hard time imagining a world in which he is not a good player. Oh, you, I mean, yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a great player. So I, it's not like I don't think Clay Thompson's going to fall to the level where he's like, I don't know, Reggie Bullock. But I, I, think <laughs> I like that like, guy. He's good, kind of. Like Clay Thompson hair. is. I um, I could see him. Like if you told me that next season tim hardaway jr had a better season than clay thompson did i don't know if i'd be very surprised you know um yeah oh rj barrett he's a guy who i could see rising up this list tyler tyler hero i could see moving up um both of those guys are in their second year yeah i mean karis lavert is another one maybe Mm -hmm. he could move up the list yeah i agree on that too once he's healthy. Is he okay? Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's about... Oh, oh another one, maybe Michael Mulder. Like, just because uh, the Warriors offense will have better players next year, maybe he'll get better shots and he'll start hopefully. to look better. Yeah, it's all about getting more minutes for him. He doesn't play that much. Yeah. In terms of guys who I think could fall next year, do either of you guys have guys who you think could maybe fall off a bit? Mm, I'd have to think about it. Who's yours? I have no idea. Just because. Jojo, you frozen? Am I frozen? No. Oh, who are yours, Jonah? I think I was just thinking, so I might have looked frozen for a second. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, They're good. I mean, I don't think Norman Powell will keep shooting mid 40s from three, so he could be a kind of regression candidate. Yeah. Um, Jordan Clarkson, he's already kind of started to regress as the season. Yeah. Started. He might have been playing a little bit over his head as the season started, so I think he could kind of fall off maybe a t- tiny bit next year. But yeah, it is just kind of hard to pay. I think Lou Williams, he might be way down the list next year at this time because he's really kind of starting to... Facts. Yeah. Wesley Matthews, now that he's... Facts, he's on his way out. Yeah, he's even been a little injury-prone lately, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean, Anthony Simons, honestly, um, like he's got. This might be sort of a bad, a a surprising pick, but I could see Tyler Hero kind of just. Really? Yeah, that is that is a little bit surprising. Yeah, I don't know, bro. I just sort of feel like his game is one of those things where it is a lot about the moment. Yeah, and I could feel like I feel like easily his moment could pass. And then he's kind of just like an undersized, overconfident guard in a way. Is he? Is he? Un, is he that undersized? I is. I thought he was. Well, like, like I mean, he's a defensive liability, in my opinion. Like teams can kind of pick him out and like pick. I, him. I agree with that, like to an extent. But I also think the reason teams pick him out is because he last year he was on a he's on a team with like Bam out of Iowa and Jimmy Butler and Trevor Ariza. And like even Duncan's like six seven. I feel like it's just more of a product of him getting picked out because the Heat. Are, I get where you're coming from. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I. I see your reasoning. I would probably have to disagree. I because I I kind of think Ty, I think this year is about as bad as it can get for Tyler. Like I don't. I haven't been very impressed. I think this year is like his floor, and he'll. Because I, you, the, you have a very valid point though. Because if we were doing this podcast last year, and like you said, I think Tyler Hero is going to regress. Like you'd be right because he's a lot worse yeah. this year. And so I think I guess it stands to reason that he could be even worse next year. But I, I, I think he'll bounce back a little bit. I can see him go either way. I just think he's in a. He has to establish himself 
Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. It'll be interesting to see what happens to his role next year with Duncan hitting free agency. Obviously, I imagine the Heat will try to bring him back. But yeah. Kendrick Nunn hitting free agency. Dragic is going to be a free agent if the Heat don't guarantee his contract. So, yeah, there's a chance Hero's role could look quite a bit different um, yeah. next year. We'll see um, and I will say this is completely like anecdotal and this could be a mere coincidence, but he has played a little bit better since the trade deadline. So it could be that just being in trade rumors all year, whether it was like the James Harden stuff at the beginning of the yeah. year or Kyle Lowry, like that could definitely be kind of weighing on his mind. And he's had a definitely to basketball lately, like even starting with the blazer game that took place the night of the trade deadline, he played pretty well there. So yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. I, I, I had a hard time rating hero because I think I'm more of a fan of what his potential is than you are, but it is kind of tough to like balance that with the season he's been having this year, which he's shooting 34% from deep 20, 49 or 43% from the field, only three. Yeah. So it has been a bit of a disappointing year. Like I picked him to win six man of the year at the beginning of the year. So I had a lot oh, of yeah. And he has been disappointing. So yeah, he's he, going to be interesting to watch. Is he playing tonight? He, uh, it says he's questionable. Okay, because um, if he does, he's probably going to hear this and torch us because of what yeah. I said. Yeah, uh, I'm on basketball reference, so sometimes they're a little bit slow with the injury stuff. But on here, it says he's questionable. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, really it says have, that here too. Do you guys have any other big picture takes, Callan? Do you have any like potential risers or fallers before we log off? I think that Jordan Poole's going to keep going up. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean he's gotten better, like almost on a game by game basis. He's had a few tough ones lately, actually, but like from from the beginning of the year to now, well, from the beginning of his rookie year to like the end of his rookie year to the beginning of this year to now, like it's been like a pretty linear improvement for Jordan Poole. And so, yeah, I think if he continues on this trajectory, um, just out of curiosity, Con, what do you think is like the biggest thing that you'd want him to improve on to see him rise up this list? I just want to see less of the burden. Um, I, I just want to see someone else take more responsibility for scoring besides Steph and Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a big part of um, his improvement has been uh, the lineups with Nico Mann. And I know I've said this before, but I think when he can like kind of stop thinking about passing and just think about creating his own shot, that's when he's most comfortable. That's when mm-hmm. he's most effective. So um, I, yeah, that's, that's priority number one for Bob Myers in the off season. Find a good backup point guard. I think that's gotta be a big deal for uh, yeah. Golden State. Do you think Nico can eventually get there? Um, yeah, probably not. Well, it depends on what you're looking for, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, a, a backup point guard's been lineups massive. with Poole and Nico Mannion are always going to be maybe a little bit too flammable defensively. I just don't think that's a mm-hmm. combination for success. But I Facts. think Nico, Nico could fill a specific niche in the league, and he does try on defense. So yeah, and so he could get better there so yeah so we'll have to wait and see i actually that was not a little bit short of me to say um i don't think he i don't think he necessarily has to be a defensive liability i think he could work his way up to average on that end mm-hmm. and maybe even above average who knows so i shouldn't have ridden him off like that <laughs> all right yes Are you guys good to go this was a fun podcast yeah yes sir good, good work jonah do you guys have a position yeah. that you'd enjoy doing next um what about centers centers yeah. all right yeah it sounds good because i don't think we ever got around to centers i think we did every position besides center last year the so. great wall of cancer <laughs> wait how many boards did he have 30 piece. 30 <laughs> oh it was sick it that was. was amazing it, wow. that was good to see too because it seemed like there were some kind of bad vibes in the blazers yeah. locker room so to see them all cheering on the bench and kind of rallying behind Dennis, like that was just the sort of win or just the sort of kind of thing the Blazers needed to rally. What's behind. the record? I agree. The record's like 54 by Wilt. Oh, okay. Wilt doesn't count. Wilt doesn't count. When, besides, when like- Wilt, besides Wilt and Bill Russell, I think it's 40. 
Oh, let me guess. A lot of bounds. Was it who? Oh, do you know who it was? It was like some name I didn't even really know. Was it like Nate Thurman, maybe? No. Oh. No. I don't remember. Oh, GP2 got um, five seconds of fame against uh, the Rockets. All right. And. As we record this, I just got the notification that all Gear No Game episode 110, the 2021 NFL mock draft, has in fact been released. So be sure to go listen to that. After Heck yeah, listen. boy. So, yes. I was concerned because right. when it was like loading, we, it was like five minutes before this podcast was going to start. I was like, okay, I'm pushing it kind of close. But sick. I'm going to probably, I'm, I might get this one up tonight, probably in the morning though. All right. Cool. Thanks. Good job. All right. All right, boys. Bye. Bye. Later. Later.